This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Reception the Show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Co. Matt Harmon here with you on Reception Perception the Show. We're back, baby. The boys are back after a, a week hiatus. Yeah, um, it's good to talk to you again, James. I appreciate it. I'm a uh, couple couple things here. I'm I'm in Arizona. Uh, I'm I'm on the ground here for Super Bowl week. Uh, so uh, for people that are watching some of the clips out of the show, they'll see me. Uh, in what you deem the generic hotel room background. <laughs> that is the most <laughs> generic ass hotel room ever. I love it. It looks great. Yeah, no, but it's been fun so far. Uh, just getting started. We're going to talk to a bunch of people over the next uh, few weeks. A lot of good interviews. So I hope people uh, check into that. But I also wanted to say I appreciate uh, you and the listeners giving me some grace and patience last week and missing the show. A uh, really good friend of mine from back home passed away and, you know, just needed the week and, uh, so I appreciate, I appreciate everybody giving me a, give me the week off and, and, and everything. It was, I rarely ever take breaks. Uh, I rarely, I Never. almost always, yeah, I know. <laughs> I almost always work through everything, but, um, right. actually decided to do the right thing for myself probably and take, take a little bit of time away. So I appreciate it, but it's good to be back and it's good to be, uh, good to be talking about the Super Bowl. It's good to be talking some ball with you once again, pal. Um, and I tell you what, man, what, what a game we got here in front of us um, this week. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles, a one and a half point favorite over the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, boy, so many different ways to break this game down, Matt. Um, but I, I say, you know, it all starts with the quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, and for the first time, I would say in a, in a really long time, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but... We've got two quarterbacks that I think are legitimately great quarterbacks, right? Usually when we come into this matchup, it's it's Tom Brady and Nick Foles or it's Jared Goff and Tom Brady, you know, very rarely. And I know we've gotten the Tom Brady Mahomes, um, you know, matchup too, but it's just kind of like, hey, listen, it's rare when we get these two big dogs in the arena at the exact same time squaring off head to head. Last time Mahomes won a Super Bowl, it was, you know, against Jimmy G, who's like fine, but he's certainly not Jalen Hurts caliber of quarterback. Exactly. Right. Um, Right. But that's a good point. And even though the time we got the Mahomes Brady matchup, it was in in such a way that Mahomes was kind of neutered because of the offensive line that he was playing behind. Um, I'll still never get over like the clips of uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, like just losing it over every like Mahomes, like incompletion you know in that game when he's like <laughs> making passes as he's parallel to the ground and all that right, stuff right um right. yeah so you're right normally we don't get like two guys that i mean it, 
you will see the results of the MVP race soon. Um, but I would bet that like these two guys are probably one and two in terms of votes. Um, yeah. And I think Mahomes, I think Mahomes will win, and I think Mahomes should be like the the front runner and the ru- runaway favorite. But Jalen Hurts for the season that he had certainly. Um, certainly would deserve uh, mention. And I also think what's interesting about these two quarterbacks too, is not just their, their quality and their caliber of play, but they're kind of like two opposites in where they stand in their career right now. Because if Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, I believe he'll be the first person or the first quarterback to win a Super Bowl while taking up this high of a percentage of a team's cap. Um, Hmm. Typically we see Super Bowl winners be, you know, Mahomes on a rookie contract. Uh, Brady, even when he's won Super Bowls, he's never taken up this high percentage of the cap because he would take discounts in New England because they would funnel him money through his, you know, TB12 thing or whatever. Um, and, and the doctor he was working with, uh, yeah. I'm being a little facetious <laughs> with that, but also not. <laughs> not uh, really. And, and then it, in Tampa, really. like, he was yeah. obviously, you know, he was Tom Brady, wins the Super Bowl, but he and he signed a free agent contract, but he was signing not a prove it deal, but certainly a below market value deal for like a top five quarterback. So that would be an unprecedented thing. And then obviously Jalen Hurts is more of the, and even Stafford winning it last year, you know, he was coming over on the final year of his Detroit contract. He got the big contract after um, they, they won the Super Bowl with the Rams. So, but Hurts is more of the traditional rookie quarterback contract, you know, the biggest advantage in sports, look at the roster that's around the Eagles. So it depends. I think I all, I almost kind of hope that Mahomes pulls this off because I would like to see like a high price quarterback finally be the one to sort of like, hey, he got it done despite taking up this big percentage of the cap. And Chris Jones also big percentage of the cap too for the Chiefs. So um, definitely two different styles of team building, maybe not different styles, but different like places uh, or different steps of the journey of team building for these two squads. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, You bring up Chris Jones, and I think there's been a lot made of the mobility, high ankle sprain uh, of Patrick Mahomes as well, and really how that pairs with what Philadelphia has done on their defensive line, right? I mean, they led the the league in sacks and in quarterback pressure rate overall. By a lot. lot. I mean, you, you talk about the 15. Here's the thing. Kansas City was number two in sacks, okay? It was 70 for Philadelphia, 55 for Kansas City. The difference between one and two, that 15-sack difference, is the same as the difference between two and 14. Okay, that's how much of an edge Philadelphia has had in terms of rushing the quarterback. Mina Kimes, uh, Matt, brought up a really good point, uh, talking about next-gen stats, that Philadelphia leads the league in both sacks and quarterback pressure rate when not blitzing, so only three or four man fronts. Uh, by the way, the Chiefs were also top five in sacks when not blitzing as well. But but clearly, Philadelphia, what they could do without blitzing the quarterback is is pretty special, man. And, and it's going to be a big time question mark coming into this ball game. Yeah, absolutely. I, like I mentioned, the last time we saw Mahomes in a Super Bowl, he was under siege from uh, a good pass rush. I think this is like an incredible pass rush that Philadelphia has put together with all of these guys. And I mean, Hassan Reddick, I think has almost kind of gone under the radar for Mm. having like a defensive player of the year caliber of season with the amount of sacks he had and everything. And then he obviously just completely wrecks the game uh, against the San Francisco 49ers in the conference championship. You know, they, they probably, this is sort of the live by the sword, die by the sword type of thing. When you do so much boot, you do so much play action stuff. You're eventually going to have a, like you're going to eventually have a tight end on a, on a pass rusher. I don't think yeah. that the 
Um, I don't think that the Chiefs will probably fall into the same uh, problem, especially because they're not necessarily going to boot Patrick Mahomes out of the pocket. I think they're going to try to have him be pretty stationary because, I, I mean, he's certainly having the two weeks off is great. But even when you saw him in the conference championship, like the longer he played on that angle, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he had like an overtime in him. Like if Harrison Butker <laughs> makes that, I mean, obviously he would have played, but like, would he have been a hundred percent? I mean, or would have, yeah, you. You know, it would have been pretty tough. So I definitely think that's a key to the key to the game. And it's just, it's a good thing that the chiefs have spent so much to, to fortify the offensive line since we last have seen them in a super. Bowl. Oh yeah, for sure. And the draft pick of Creed Humphrey, obviously um, really, I, I felt like turned around that O line completely. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, the, the high ankle sprain for Mahomes is going to be an issue, right? Because we talk about the pressure and here's the thing under pressure. Mahomes was, believe it or not, he was actually below league average. He was darn, I mean, just damn near human uh, and superhuman when he's not pressured, right? But under mm-hmm. pressure, 41% completion rate, that was below league average of around 50%. And seven of his 12 interceptions this year came while under pressure. When you're talking about that high ankle sprain, less mobility, and we're talking about a defensive line in Philadelphia that could get after the quarterback, now he's throwing under pressure into guys like James Bradbury and Darius Slay, yeah. Matt, that could be a big time problem. Yeah, definitely. And that's what's so crazy about Philly's defense. You know, our guy Brandon Ayuk has been out there saying like, oh, we we could have taken advantage of this defense. Uh, we we um, I, he's like he's like if I was betting, I'd bet it all on uh, on Kansas, Kansas City, City. He, <laughs> which I think is interesting and and yeah, prob- probably just a little bit of probably just a little bit of salt based on how that that game went for for San Francisco, which no I'd doubt. be pissed too if I was a 49ers player and it's like that's how your season ends. You know, you're, you're down to your fifth string, fourth string quarterback, and then right. you got to throw Purdy out there and you can't throw, but. Um, Philly's defense, like not only do they have great pass rushers, they are built up in the secondary. You know, the, the Chiefs are kind of the opposite of that, where they have they have a great pass rush and they've invested in that. Like I mentioned, Chris Jones is a highly paid player. Um, and then they've traded for Frank Clark. You know, they signed Carlos Dunlap. They drafted George Karloftis in the first round this year. But they have sacrificed – because when you pay the quarterback, you have to sacrifice somewhere. You can't be the Eagles and just be loaded everywhere with Jalen Hurts on a second-round rookie contract. The Chiefs have all of these young dudes in the secondary. So that is what's a big advantage for Philadelphia is that they have proven veterans rushing the passer and then proven veterans on the back end. And these guys, the cornerbacks, Darius Slay and James Bradbury and Avante Maddox being back at the slot cornerback position is a big deal too. Um, the Chiefs receivers aren't even – like they're not that good to begin with and now they're right. not – you know, they're not 100% healthy. Um, I think guys like Juju will play – it's Kadarius Tony said on media night that he's going to play, but McCole Hardman's on IR. How, how healthy are these guys? And I mean, you're laughing about yeah. the Kadarius Tony thing. And I, mean, I am. Yeah. <laughs> how many snaps is Kadarius Tony going to play before he gets banged up, man? What's he got? What's he got in him? 10 to 15 snaps. Come on. What's going on? I can't believe, I mean, that was like the Kadarius Tony playbook. Like why, <laughs> why like last game, you know, when he, he gets open on the go route, I guess, and then he he doesn't he drops the ball there on a perfectly thrown pass from Mahomes, um, and then he you know gets hurt on like doing a little gadget thing or whatever. So it's just like just classic Tony. I, I yeah, yeah, I mean, you can't count on him to be like a. And they weren't even playing him full snaps to begin with. They're they're having right. him run a bunch of like Mickey Mouse routes anyways. They 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 don't ask him to be a, a real receiver. Um, so then you're looking at like MVS and and Sky Moore playing a ton. We know Sky Moore is not oh, ready boy. to contribute really and. Um, it, it is, but, but at the same time, 
they've got they've got Travis Kelsey, they've got Patrick Mahomes, and and that's enough to get by. And I mean, you got You really do got to give it up to MVS though, bro. Like he had an unbelievable game uh, against the Bengals. That was like an <laughs> Dude, all-time well. MVS performance. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. You know, and the thing is, you know, when he, was, when he was with the Packers, he always had like one or two of those games every single year where you're just, yeah. you're like, man, this guy is long. He's fast. He get over the top. Like, can he build on this game? And the answer was always no, he cannot build on that game. No, um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. That's which funny. is why he's in Casey at, uh, with this contract. Okay. But um, I did want to highlight the point too, that man, if Philadelphia, if somehow Andy Reid figures out protection and figures out a way to keep Mahomes clean, boy, I tell you, it's going to be a long night for Philadelphia when not under pressure. It's not even a question. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. He's got the most yards, the, the most touchdowns, the highest passer rating when not under pressure. He absolutely slices and dices defense when he's got a clean pocket. So will that happen with a high ankle and, and this ferocious defensive front? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. But if it does... Well, I tell you what, Philadelphia could be in a little bit of trouble. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, by the way, I think it is worth mentioning too. Like, when was the last time Philadelphia had a hard game? When was the last time they seen a, a, a really tough opponent? I think it's fair to say this is the toughest opponent um, that they've seen this year. And I'm saying that even with a compromised Patrick Mahomes, right? I go back to yeah. their week seven bye, right? And these are the teams that they have faced. San Francisco with no quarterback. They've seen the Giants three times, dude, <laughs> since yeah. week number seven. All right. They saw New Orleans. They saw Dallas. Uh, and again, Dallas was with no Jalen Hurts, but they did give up 40 points to Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Yeah. Then they saw Chicago, Tennessee, Green Bay, Indianapolis, Washington, Houston. Um, none of those teams are over 500, right? So, boy, this is interesting because this is by far the toughest test that Philadelphia has seen in a really, really long time. No question. And I mean, they gave up 33 points to the Packers. Um, in, in I would say that the Packers probably, other than the Cowboys, are the best team that they played um, in that stretch. Maybe Tennessee. And they and they 
they dunked on Tennessee for sure, yeah. thirty-five to ten, um, and they they lost that game to. I remember they lost that Monday night game uh, against against Washington and Taylor Heineke uh, doing his thing there. But yeah, they <laughs> certainly they faced a ton of bad or backup quarterbacks. Um, I do kind of balk at the idea that like that we're just so quick to be like, yeah, they I mean they they beat the Giants, which like the Giants were a pretty good team this year. Uh, mm-hmm. They they played above their head. They're well coached. But the thing is, and this is why I, I would always push back on the idea too, that, okay, they're, they're just lucky to be here or whatever. They beat the crap out of those teams. It wasn't like, a, <laughs> right. oh, they, they let right. the Giants hang around or they, right. they messed around a little bit with the 49ers. And despite the fact they have a quarterback back there who couldn't throw, um, they, they just wiped the floor with both of those teams. Espe- obviously, they pulled away more from the 49ers when, when they were late. But yeah, they thoroughly outclassed the Giants. So um, the Eagles definitely, on balance, I think, have been the best team in football this year. Like from a roster standpoint, they don't really have like a – a glaring weakness, you know, at different points, they've been a bad slot coverage team. But again, with Devontae Maddox potentially being back for this game, like, or being, being a hundred percent for this game, that's a huge deal. That's a big different, that that's like really the one spot where they were kind of weak uh, ish, you know, weak ish over the right. last few weeks uh, of the season. So I, I, it just, they definitely deserve to be here, but you're right. This is by far the toughest test that they'll have faced. Um, I think just by a lot. And it just goes to show like, the different place that these two conferences are in between the AFC and the NFC. You it's know true. I mean? It's true. It just, especially from a quarterback standpoint. <laughs> um, and and by the way, the balance could be shifted even more if Aaron Rodgers really does just, go to the AFC, man. Holy hell. Well, after, after he gets out of his darkness retreat, did you see oh, that? God. Thing? Yes, I did. Oh my God. He's going to take what a few days of, of what is it? Uh, like sensory deprivation and like self, I don't know, self four days. Of, it's oh like a darkness God. retreat. He spends four days inside of a, a, <sighs> like locked in a dark house oh and they God. just, like, there's a slot to put food in no TV, no, no, no books, just, just no music, just his thoughts. <laughs> Could you imagine being alone with your thoughts for four days, four days of just oh thinking your thoughts? I mean, God, I don't even want to spend like four hours alone with my thoughts, four <laughs> minutes alone with my thoughts. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but so after he gets back from that, yeah, yeah, that's that's what's crazy. The Packers are like, yeah, we were only going to trade him to the AFC. I'm like, can you have to? Can you just? We need I, – I get it. You don't want to see him or, you know, you want to tend to send him to the other conference. But, my God, yeah. we need more quarterbacks in the NFC. We don't need I know. losing guys. I know. This is like the NBA Western Conference, Eastern Conference thing, you know, where it's just kind of like if you send – if you could send, like, one great quarterback to the NFC, they've got a very clear road to the Super Bowl. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, let's make that happen somehow. Uh, anyways, but, uh, but again and, – and you could point to the Kansas City schedule too. But, I mean, at the end of the day, man, Kansas City has seen Joe Burrow two times. They've seen yeah. Trevor Lawrence a couple times. Um, you know, they saw Seattle, which is I think is a very good team. Uh, and they've seen the Chargers, too. So, yeah. listen, uh, this is a battle-tested, you know, pretty battle-tested defense that they're going up against. Um, but I just wonder with Philadelphia, you're right. I think from a talent standpoint, obviously extremely talented, but there is a question there as to, okay, when push comes to shove, can they find it within themselves? I think to find that real, you know, competitive spirit, because again, man, bro, like, look, I I think Daniel Jones is, is fine. You know, he's a slightly above average quarterback, but 
I, there's just not a lot of great quarterbacks that they have seen. And the one guy that they saw, Dak Prescott, who, by the way, has a lot of his own flaws, uh, it's a yeah, team that they gave right. up 40 points to, right? And then, as you mentioned, a big point total to Green Bay as well. So I don't know. It's it's, it's at least a storyline. I agree with you. I'm not saying that they're overrated or whatever it might be, but just in terms of are they ready from a from a mental and physical standpoint to go into, you know, a, a, a real hostile game, you know, situation. Hey, and listen, it might not even come down to that because they might be that talented. They might be that talented where they absolutely maraud uh, the Kansas city chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and force them into a couple bad throws and do those kind of things. Like I said, man, 10 of Patrick Mahomes, 12 interceptions um, have come against zone this year. And a lot of those again have come while under pressure as well. Right. So, um, and I'm, I, I want to break down the, the zone versus man coverage as well, because Philadelphia about league average, they play about 75% zone coverage. Uh, and Mahomes was good. Okay. Listen, fourth highest quarterback rating versus zone. Um, but 15 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, again, 10 of his 12 interceptions came against zone, man, 26 and two touchdown to interception ratio versus man coverage. I don't know if Philadelphia comes out of zone for this ball game. Uh, but Matt, in terms of who do you see kind of like, you know, uh, being able to step forward for Kansas city, who might that be? We know that they don't have a ton of like great man coverage beaters. You know, we know Juju Smith-Schuster is not really a big man coverage beating receiver. MVS is an inconsistent separator across the right. board. You know, I mean, Canarius Tony's not even like a reliable route runner against man coverage. A lot of it is, a lot of it is Kelsey. And I mean, Kelsey still being as good as he is, as dominant as he is yeah. as a separator against man coverage. Not that I'm charting tight ends. This conversation <laughs> came back on Twitter <laughs> the other day, man. I mean, I'm never going to live it down, uh, but <laughs> You know, Kelsey's it. just so good at that at his age. It's it's so impressive. Right. Um, and what Mahomes is able to do is impressive, like getting these guys the ball, even though they're not consistent separators against man coverage. But um, crazy. And I mean, especially at the beginning of the year, like right. Everybody was just dropping back man coverage against Kansas City. They were they were showing more man coverage to Patrick Mahomes than anyone else, which was a complete inverse of what they did last year with Tyree right. Hill when they were the most zone like the pe- people played zone coverage against them at the highest rate in the NFL. So. I agree with you, though. I think Philadelphia probably tries to, you know, tries to take away Kelsey, tries to zone this thing up uh, as much as possible. But um, I, I, I just think like Mahomes is going to find a way in in this matchup. Like I, it, and again, it's on paper the Chiefs D- wide receivers are not as good as the Eagles DBs. Um, the offensive line, like as good a, a, as a, as a rebuild job that the Kansas City did there. I think the Eagles pass rushers are better than like Orlando Brown, right? Are better um, than, than some of the other guys. I mean, they, they have great players, especially on the interior. You mentioned Creed Humphrey. Um, they have other great players on the interior there, but I think the tackle spots, the Eagles probably have an advantage there, but man, oh, it's huge, just a huge, huge advantage. But right. Uh, again, I still think Mahomes, Kelsey, I think they can get it done from like uh, when they, when they go into zone coverage looks, I think that Kelsey and, and Mahomes can find some, find some spots there. Yeah, and you talk about Andy Reid having two weeks to game prep for this thing. Mm, that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. One that thing I'll say. Good. One thing I'll say about um, because this stuff matters. You know, the uh, like actually having Super Bowl experience too. I, I do think matters. You know, and yeah, and, I agree. Um, I agree. I, the Eagles are definitely saying all the right things here um, this week about how they're preparing 
as if it's any other game. You know, they're they're giving their guys time to like relax and connect with each other. And and you know, I think Nick Sirianni talk. I feel like he talks about that every time he talks to the media that how much of an emphasis they put on relationship building with their players and and stuff like that. And um, I know he. I was listening to him talk about that between like AJ Brown and and Devontae Smith. And you know, I think a reporter asked about like how do these guys like push each other, and he's like. It's not really even like push each other. They just like they're just really close. Like they're 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 just tight with each other type of thing. So they're they're putting a lot of emphasis on that. But it's just I don't know that people on the outside really understand how different of a preparation and, and process it is to go through the week prep leading into the Super Bowl as it is uh, regular games. For one, obviously you're not unless you're the Rams last year or the Bucks the year before that. You're not in your home stadium. You're on the road for a longer period of time. And there's that aspect of it. But you got to do a bunch of bullshit the week of the Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> a ton. you, you got to talk to a bunch of goofball reporters, guys like me, uh, other folks out here, and all these media availabilities. Not that I'm going to the media availabilities. I'm not I'm not a real journo, okay? You don't need you don't need me there. But you know, you got to go to media night. Did you yeah. hear did you see somebody on media night apparently asked Nick Sirianni like which one of your players would you most want to date your daughter and he's like my daughter is 5. So Oh my god. Next so, next freaking question. Next question, so please. You got to deal with but so basically <laughs> you got to deal with a bunch of crap like that leading up to the yeah. game. So the fact that like you know, when Andy Reid had, when he got to Kansas City, he had already kind of uh, coached a team through the Super Bowl prep, stuff like that. Obviously, they didn't win one until he got to Kansas City, but right. they've done that. This is now their third Super Bowl since Mahomes has taken over as a starter. They've been there, they've done that. They, you know, guys like Kelsey, Chris Jones, Mahomes, the veteran leaders on this team have been through that. Andy Reid's yeah. been through that a ton of times. Coaches, Steve Spagnola, Eric Bieniemy, the coordinators have been through this before. So, I do think that matters a little bit uh, heading into this game. Um, obviously, still, the game is going to be won or lost based on the on-field matchups, but that is part of it, I think. I think that's a big part of it, man. You know, it's like, again, like, you talk about the journalists. I mean, just think about their friends and family. You know, if, yeah. like, they they must, these guys must have guys coming out the woodwork, just texting them, calling them, emailing them, just, you know, hitting up their DMs. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just yeah. different. This It's got to be yep. different. It's the most covered event in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Yep. It, it, it's crazy. It's madness. Um, all right. Getting back to some of I think the I heard just one, 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 yeah, one thing on that too. I think I heard, um, I think it was Mitchell Schwartz who obviously used to play for the Kansas city chiefs said this, uh, recently that that like people think about that, like, Oh, two weeks of practice, two weeks of practice, two weeks of film prep. He's like so much of that first week. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, a lot of that first week is like just handling logistics. Like handling, like okay, how many tickets do you get? Do you get how many? Um, who's going to get this many tickets? Who am I yes. bringing this game? All that type right. of stuff. Like right. handling the logistics part of it is actually a big is actually a big part of that first week, and then the second week obviously is your more normal um, prep. You're still watching film and, and and preparing and installing game plans and stuff like that, but it is a it's a big time suck for that first week, and then the second week is the time suck because of all this media stuff. So right. it's just a it is a very um. And I imagine for a lot of these guys, it's like, whew, at least that's over with, like by the time the Super Bowl is done. 
And again, it, and I just talk about too, it's not just the time, it's the mental energy. You know, it's like when yeah. you are, when you're in those meetings, when you're doing the game prep, how much of your mind capacity is going towards that and how much of it is going towards, as you mentioned, logistics, right? Or yeah. as we also said, the bullshit, right? Like oh how God. much of, how much of your, of your brain is splintered? You know, it's not just the time, like, bro, like anyone could sit in in a meeting it doesn't mean you're engaged. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, these are all great, great points. Uh, I want to get back. Logistics and bullshit. The, uh, <laughs> the bane of our existence is men. <laughs> that's well, that's what it means to be married. If you're a married man, that's what this is. This, that's what this is. Uh, Dude, tell me about I, it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. Now. If you're a married man during the holidays, that's all that the logistics and bullshit. What are you talking about? That, that is the holidays as a married man. Come on. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Back to some of the matchups here. Uh, you talk about a young secondary here for Kansas City, and that's true. That's why I was surprised to find that Kansas City is one of the more heavy man coverage teams in the NFL. Since week number eight, since their week eight bye, Kansas City has run man coverage nearly 40% of the time. That's the sixth highest man percentage in the NFL in that span. So now I go back to some of your data and you would look at that and you would think, man, AJ Brown's got a real great chance to have a really great game. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday. Yeah. AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. I mean, they're, I, I, I wonder if they might end up being, you know, cause AJ Brown has been top three in success rate versus man for like, I think two or three straight years here, obviously before we get the, the results from this past season. And I mean, Devonte Smith, that guy's just always open. I wonder if they might in terms of teammates be like the two, two guys that crack the top 10. We've, we've seen that happen before in terms of like receipt, great receiving duos and reception perception be top 10 and success rate versus man coverage. Mm. Um, I, I wonder if they can get there uh, because these guys are just always open, especially against man coverage and um, AJ Brown, especially. Yeah, you're right. He's, he just shreds man coverage. Um, and he, and he's kind of had like a quiet playoff run. He uh, has, AJ Brown for sure. Oh yeah. He, he, he was chirping about it after the giants game. Um, you know, which is, it's funny. If you, if you do that and you're a New York jet, you get traded uh, or you get benched for a week. Right. Uh, not to, right. I know all our listeners love when we talk about the Jets, but, uh, yes, and exactly. Elijah Moore and that whole thing. But yeah, no, I mean, he, he kind of chirped a little bit about that a little bit of frustration, despite the fact that they dog walked the giants and then they kind of like made an active effort to get him the ball early uh, in that, in that game against 49ers, but he had eight targets, but it didn't amount to very much. It didn't really need him no. to do very much. Um, yeah. I think this would be a game where 
you know, and it kind of depends honestly on Jalen Hurts's shoulder. Um, that is definitely like neither of these quarterbacks are going to be a hundred percent for this game. Such Hertz's a great shoulders point. definitely not there. We know about Mahomes's ankle. I think probably Hertz has been a little bit more. Would you say he's been a little bit more affected as a rusher or as a passer in terms of the the shoulder injury? I think I've seen it more in terms of like just slight hesitation when it comes to him as a runner more so than a thrower. But that is something to keep in mind if we're talking about big passing game performances. I think I think that's such a great point. Um, and, you know, I think they masked a lot of that with a game plan against San Francisco, right? Like a ton, yeah. a ton of short passing content, concepts for um, – for what Philadelphia was doing. And you know, and and it, it brings me back to the to the game plan as well. Now, they ended up wanting to run the ball a lot. And that was fine because they San Francisco couldn't mount an offense, right? And right. so eventually the defense did break down. But at least early on, I was thinking like, wow, what a terrible game plan coming in. You want to run against like literally the the best rush defense in the NFL? Like, what are we doing here, right? But then I started thinking about it, as you mentioned, I think it's because the team was really trying to protect the shoulder for Jalen Hurts. And if if he had tweaked it or suffered some minor setback or something, you're never going to hear about that, dude. Yeah. You're never going to hear about that, right? But now he's got two weeks of rest, so I wonder if that shoulder is starting to feel a lot better. But you're right, though. Against San Francisco, I thought it was very, very clear that the Eagles wanted to protect Jalen Hurts, short passing concepts, and again, running the hell out of the ball, even though they had to know that is probably not the best strategy, but it's the best strategy to keep Jalen Hurts healthy. Also, they're a really, really good rushing team. I mean, because, and and I know people pushed back on me a little bit when I said this, like that it wasn't as crazy as I thought. I still think it's crazy that, that the, the Eagles are back in a Super Bowl five, six years after they just won one with a different head coach and a different and quarterback. quarterback. It's nuts. It's crazy. It, how do you, how do, you it, do that? That's what I'm saying. I, I know it's not like they were just here yesterday or like a, a season ago or something. But right. how many teams have – I mean, it's, it's always tough to talk about this because the Patriots just won so many damn Super Bowls. But, like, <laughs> how many teams have been to Super Bowls back-to-back with a different head coach – or not back-to-back, but in a short time frame with a different head coach and a different quarterback? I know the Rams obviously went back with a different quarterback and they won one, but they had the same head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just doesn't happen very often no. because, at, like, these are the two pillar points of building franchises – that's the, these are the two pillar points of stability. It's head coach and it's quarterback. But for the Eagles, obviously Howie Roseman has done a great job building this team and he's done a great job building the team in the trenches. That's sort of been their identity point. We talked right. about the defensive line, how he like doubled down on that team building aspect by making two literal big additions in the middle of the season when they signed Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue when they were getting yeah. run all over and they're like enough right. of this let's just go get these two <laughs> big boys and throw them on our defensive line and we're going to fix right. this problem but as an offensive line I mean one of the guys who was there for that last Super Bowl run was Jason Kelsey he's still playing at like a hall of fame level he's a, a, he's like a weapon in some of those um, pin pull plays, you know, as, yeah. as a center, like getting out there, uh, getting to the second level, they're the best um, or they're one of the top teams in terms of adjusted line yards on the second level of defense uh, uh, on the defense, because right. they've got guys like Kelsey who are so athletic and, and Lane Johnson obviously is athletic as well on the move. They've got um, Landon Dickerson, who's he's an injury situation to kind of keep an eye on because he got a little banged up last week, but 
or two weeks ago. So the, their offensive line is so good that, yeah, you can go into a matchup like with the San Francisco 49ers who have a great, the best run defense in the NFL and still be like, you know what? We can run on those guys because our line is that good. And, and Miles mm-hmm. Sanders, obviously, I'm not trying to take away from him. He's a good, he's a good back, but it obviously all starts up front for the Eagles. That is the identity of this team. Yeah, I think you're right. But again, it, it just it was a surprise because where San Francisco was weak this year was on the outside corners, right? And then you figure, okay, well, they got AJ Brown, so obviously they're gonna throw them. Well, they really didn't, right? As you mentioned, yeah. they, they tried to get him going a little bit early on. Uh, but nothing, I don't think they really tested downfield San Francisco's defense. And again, that outside corner spot for them, outside corner spots for them. Uh, for San Francisco has been an issue, I think, all year long. So uh, it, it was, to me, I thought it was a clear-cut A.J. Brown, let's just toss it and see what happens kind of game. But again, I, I think I, it goes back to that hurts shoulder, man. Like I, I'm very interested, in, and uh, it's a point that uh, I hadn't really thought of until you just brought it up right now uh, about what that might mean for the Super Bowl um, as well. Hey, Kansas city from their defensive schematic standpoint, as I mentioned, very, you know, pretty man heavy relative speaking, right? So 40% man, which is pretty heavy in the NFL nowadays, but you know, I tell you what, they lead the NFL in two high safeties, right? So, um, whether it's cover two or, or, you know, too high with, with man coverage, um, on the outside, they're going to run that too high safety look. Um, and they run it at nearly 60% of their defensive snaps. And again, that led the NFL Uh, Jalen hurts led the league in quarterback rating versus two high safety shells this year, five touchdowns to zero interceptions. Pretty good. Also led the league in completion percentage versus too high. Um, In your estimation, how do you think that might help somebody? I think that will try to limit AJ Brown a bit, but as you mentioned, man, Devontae Smith has been, I I mean, quietly, he's actually been the lead dog for the past month or so for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, and I think that like last uh, the last game against the 49ers, their um, over-under like receiving lines uh, were, were pretty close. So I think it was 68 yeah. and a half for A.J. Brown and 65 and a half for Devontae Smith. And it took a long time for that to catch up, despite the fact that Smith has been more productive. And that's not even like a, oh, A.J. Brown is overrated thing. That's just like, no, Devontae no, Smith Devontae's is that good. good. <laughs> yeah, Which, yeah, yeah. By the way, it should not be like a hot take. Uh, the guy was won the freaking Heisman Trophy. Uh, no, wide receivers <laughs> never win the Heisman. Okay, it's unbelievable. Right. He's, an, he's an unbelievable player. Uh, right. Is Devonte Smith, and this is what makes the uh, Eagles' offense such a, a pain in the ass to to go against because we're talking about these two perimeter receivers, and you know they don't really mess around with like a third receiver like Zach Pascal or or you know Quez Watkins or anything it's mostly the ball is going to go to these two guys in terms of the wide receiver room, these perimeter players, and they're great right. man coverage beaters. Um, they can win short, deep intermediate. They have a great running game. So yeah, you're probably, it's like, if I'm a defensive coordinator, it's like, do I, do I dedicate resources to try to not get ripped up by these two receivers? Or do I, do I bring a safety down into the box to try to account for their rushing game? Do I not want to get, destroyed on the second level by Jason Kelsey and the boys and, or even Jalen hurts prop is propping up for another big rushing performance. And then you also have Dallas Goddard, a name we haven't said on the podcast yet. Um, Hmm. You know, it it was kind of absent for a while because, you know, he was out. And then when he kind of got back, Jalen hurts, wasn't a hundred percent, but 
they have been Dallas Goddard at least has been the most productive um, from like a yards per target yards per route run standpoint. When he runs screen routes, he's been the most productive tight end by a lot in the NFL on those, on those screen passes, super efficient. Um, and, and it's crazy. Like the tight end screen is such a huge, it's a, such another, it's another way that they can beat man coverage. Um, so like he could be a guy that catches like five balls and five impactful balls in this game. Uh, my God, I mean, it's just so tough. It's just a tough, really tough way to defend this offense. <laughs> There's no doubt. Uh, all right, so there you go. That's the show, man. Uh, again, if you guys would be so kind as to subscribe and rate the podcast, that would be great. And of course, check out the website, receptionperception.com. Super Bowl! Last game of the year. Let's go. All right, for Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you. Thank <laughs> you.